media practitioners are divided over whether the Sunday Times newspaper should reveal the sources of the stories which have been found to have breached editorial standards. Sunday Times editor Bongani Sikoko uh, was forced to apologize for their reporting on the so-called Kato Manor death squad, the SARS rogue unit, and the Zimbabwean rendition stories. There are growing calls for the media to adhere to journalistic ethics. This, this call comes as South Africa commemorated Black Wednesday, a day 41 years ago when the apartheid government arrested activists and banned several newspapers. Angela Bolawana reports. The Sunday Times debacle became the focus of this year's Black Wednesday commemoration. The newspaper has been going through an editorial crisis which has resulted in the editor writing two apologies and returning back prizes, one over three stories that have been found to have breached editorial standards. The issue came under the spotlight at this year's Black Wednesday event organized in Johannesburg. The challenge now is whether or not the newspaper should reveal the sources of its stories. Veteran journalist Jovial Randau doesn't think so. So I think um, in whatever that the, the publication does, whether it's, it's the, the firing of reporters or the steps that they take to, to correct which, that which they got wrong, it has got to be done uh, openly. I don't think that um, I would go as far as saying that uh, Mr. X and Mrs. Y uh, fed me wrong information. This is why I got it wrong. Because I think the principle then is, is that at any point... Um, even if sources were A and B provided with good information that you will be forced and you 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 you'd oblige. But veteran journalist and former press ombudsman Joe Tolue holds a different view. He says the relationship between a journalist and a source should be sacrosanct as long as the source is also ethical. However, once the ethical lines have been drawn, the journalist no longer owes the source anonymity. Now, in the case of the Sunday Times that says we were misled. That's where the promise becomes very uh, shaky. Um, Somebody who lied to you can't expect you to keep a promise that you will not use his name. Tolo revealed that the press council received 500 complaints a year against the media. He also lamented that the traditional news reporting model is crumbling and that journalists are no longer living among the communities they report about. He's characterized this season in the media as another revolution where the media can be accessible to everyone with a cell phone. This new revolution is spinning us around so fast. We are completely confused. And then in October this year, as uh, France has already mentioned, the Sunday Times is apologizing and returning some of the prizes it had won because of its, um, shall we say, very, what we thought was excellent investigative team. The Sunday Times has not only apologized twice on their coverage of the stories, but have also returned the awards and prize money they received from the stories. But there are still calls for the paper to make a submission to the state capture inquiry. Angela Bonsebisi, News, Johannesburg. 
So, to continue with that story, we are in conversation with veteran journalist at the time in 1977, Mahuta Molefe. He's the former journalist with the Voice newspaper and he's also the chair of the 70s group and a former detainee, as well as Opanguenya, the Forum of Black Journalists Essay, the founding secretary general. Uh, gentlemen, a very good morning to you and welcome. Well, it seems uh, I just want to see if... Um, we just ha- we don't have uh, Opongwenya yet on the line, do we? All right, we have Opongwenya on the line. It just seems like there was a, a delay there. Let's uh, speak now to uh, Opongwenya, the Forum of Black Journalists South Africa, founding secretary general. Very good morning to you and welcome. Good morning and to your listeners. And uh, take us back. I just want you to take us back first to 1977 and the run-up to Black Wednesday. Uh, the slight correction to make is that in 1977, I was a student at Naredi High that was quite aware of the developments on the, on, on the media front. I became Secretary General of the Forum of Black Journalists in 1997 up to 2002. My familiarity with 1977 is as follows. In the lead-up to uh, October 19th, uh, it was just a year after the June 16, 1976 uprisings. And on the 19th of October, the 18 organizations that were banned included the Soviet Student Representative Council, uh, which was an SRC at the time, led by Tietz Machinini, and deputy was Hotsu Siatrula. So ever since, I've been a close watcher of the developments from 1977 to date. To date, we're going to talk about the issues happening right now, but not immediately, because let me just introduce quickly Mahouta Molefe, uh, the uh, former detainee as well as the chair of the 70s group and uh, also a former journalist with The Voice newspaper. Ma'am, a very good morning to you and welcome. Good morning. Can you also take us back to the 1977 uh, in the run-up to Black Wednesday? Okay. In 1977, I was the admin secretary for the Black, Black uh, BPC, Black Black People's Convention, and my association with the newspapers was that we used to give them stories of what was happening. To the extent that uh, I was encouraged by the like Sulu and Tanima Zwai, they were saying, you know, you give us stories every day. Why don't you start writing? Mm. Uh, we'll will help you to be a journalist because. The journalists those days were pushed by what was happening in the community. We wanted to expose and fight the system. And that's how I became associated with, with newspapers but before what, 77. Yes. But what was it like being a journalist at the height of an oppressed apartheid government that monitored everything in the public space? Basically, journalists those days were either against the system or you were for the system. And most black journalists were pushed by the idea of wanting to be involved in the struggle and fighting. It was their way of fighting the system. They were using the pen as the sword to expose the system and get people away. Mm-hmm. Now, looking back also, and, and if, if, we, if we take a look at 1977 and even that 70s period, uh, Mr. Nguenya, was journalists steadfast in their quest for truth, justice, and even a balanced view under those extremely difficult circumstances? I can attest to that because you, the, the distinct factor about those journalists is that they were politically aware and very much conscious 
and they were steeped in the belief that the system under which they operated was illegal and illegitimate. But when it came to stories, I can recall clear in my mind that there was no temptation to manufacture news as is the case today in some quarters. And uh, once the political as they were, once they wore their journalistic hats, uh, they did not compromise the codes mm-hmm. and uh, the conduct of uh, good practice of journalism. Mahota, you mentioned earlier that journalists lived among and in their communities, and we heard it earlier on also from a veteran journalist that uh, journalists don't live in those communities anymore, and, and they're they not uh, uh, accustomed to what the community is going through. Is that is what is perhaps lacking in today's journalism? Of course, because people uh, report what they read in the social media, what they hear, and they don't have the experience, which is what is happening also with our politicians. Most of them, when people complain of services, they don't feel that. That's something that they read about. They don't have the experience. So we have that problem as journalists in that you have to go in and see what is happening, get a a contact to phone or give you news. Sometimes it will be fake or it will be for certain reasons to expose other people. Uh, So you have a problem in that you don't live in in that very community. So you might just report wrong news. Mm-hmm. Now, Opa, you mentioned um, that uh, you, you've been monitoring the media since then up until today. Now, looking at what is happening, do you believe yes. that journalists of today are adhering or sticking to the same code of good practice based on the Sunday Times scandal that just broke, where they claim that they were manipulated by those with ulterior motives when reporting on the SARS Rogue unit, Cato Manor, death squads, etc., etc.? I think there's a clear indication of uh, lapse in the codes uh, that apply in journalism. I think one of them is that once you're a journalist, the first defense to your profession is maintenance of your independence to report without fear or favor. But in the event where you think you are manipulated, what may be pardonable, it may be when you are unconscious of the fact, but if you were uh, uh, conscious of the manipulation and you played along, and worse, you are paid for it, then you have lost your soul to be a journalist. Mm. So, so what does it take then for a journalist to, to get back once they've lost track, for instance, uh, uh, Mahota, in relation to what has happened to the Sunday Times journalist and even the editor and the paper itself? Well, one of the things is to maybe reveal those sources so that they don't do that to other people. But also it depends on your intention as, the, as that particular journalist. Uh, today we get a lot of people being paid for services. Uh, we don't know if the sources were paid or the journalist was paid. We, we need to know that. And now you have to reveal who, who was the person who said it uh, so that people can know the intention. And secondly, some of the journalists are also captured. They are pushing a line, a ideological lines of other people because they are not free. Number three, the newspaper are owned by certain people also who have an agenda. So it's, it becomes very complicated. Elvis Preslin on SAFM. We are speaking to the veterans this morning. Maho Tomolefe, former journalist with The Voice newspaper, also de- de- a detainee and a chair of the 70s group, as well as Opa Nguenya, the Forum of Black Journalists, SA, the founding secretary general, and he's still monitoring the media up until today. Now, 
And to both of you, if, if we look at ownership, and, and uh, you touched on it, Mahota, if we look at ownership in South Africa today in, in relation to the media, is there a balance in relation to white and black ownership? I don't think there's a balance. Uh, people have to make money uh, uh, and get into circulation. The newspapers are having a hell of a challenge from the social media, and secondly, because there's many of them, Thirdly, because now we have international news very strong in the country. So the media is compromised. So journalists have to really please the owners of the newspapers at the same time accept themselves uh, into the profession. So if if the, uh, the newspaper doesn't make profit or get circulation figures, it has to close down. So... Uh, the, the journalists become part of the. They have to push the agenda of the owners mm-hmm. and yeah, and forget about the the code. They are called as as journalists. Mm-hmm. Opa, can a newspaper journalist or, e- or editor who have breached the editorial standards, like in the case of uh, the Sunday Times, can they regain the trust of the public again? It is possible, but I think the sticky area would be uh, whether or not to, re- to reveal their sources if these were the citizens or if these were their manipulators. I know that the Zondo Commission gives us an opportunity, even though it was not established to inquire into the media. But results, I mean, the conditions currently indicate that the media may have wittingly or unwittingly be embroiled in the state capture project, in which case it makes it relevant for media people with conscience or those with remorse to present themselves to the Zondo Commission. And in that case, it will insulate the dilemma of whether or not to reveal their sources. But in this case, the context will be they have presented the facts in the light of how how they were embroiled in this thing was assisting to the state capture project. Mm-hmm. Mahota, you mentioned social media. What is the role of social media today? And, and do you think perhaps there's a, a chance that social media c- could have deteriorated the uh, the essence of the journalists as such? I think it has, uh, and also it has not. It's two ways. Uh, because social media, you report what you hear and it's quicker, the news get out faster than print media where you have to wait for the edition to come out. So, but also, social media, there's high possibility of fake news coming out. So if you are a journalist who depend on that, you don't, because most of some journalists don't go out to verify stories, you'll be caught in this web where you'll have to uh, say things that are not correct. So social media is right, because, and it's relevant these days because it's exposing news faster. It makes people to react faster. Is threatening to the journalist who has to verify stories. Must be sure, mm-hmm. must get the sources and verify the stories. Because we have the the news agencies that are also putting news in social media, and then the journalist will be uh, tempted to just put the story because he wants to be the first. He wants to be the first to put the story, and then he might be caught in that web of fake news. 
That number to dial, 891 You can enjoy and you can join in on the conversation here on SAFM. 891 You can also let me know what's on your mind on the SMS line, 40938. My guest this morning, the veterans on the line, Maho Tamolefe, former journalist with The Voice newspaper in Opangwenya, Forum of Black Journalists, essay and the founding secretary general thereof. We're in discussion with them. Now, our format normally works where we take a look at the big story of the week that was and the week ahead. But, uh, uh, Opa, you've been following media, so so I, I would like to get your thoughts in relation to the big stories of this week that happened for you. Yeah. I think the big story was the VPS uh, issue and uh, the reported uh, heist that has happened there. And uh, since the report has been tabled, uh, there has been different reactions, especially for those who have been accused to be, have been uh, acting uh, incorrectly. But I think what's going to happen is that those who believe they are wrongly accused, they will have to take this uh, report for review, and we wait to see what is going to happen. The other big story, which is very sad and, uh, and is chilling, is the story of the Omatoso in the Eastern Cape, where a lady, uh, I think Cheryl Zondi, has been on the stand for a greater number of days in the past week, and the number and the, and the manner in which the cross-examination was happening, it seemed to suggest she was being subjected to a double trauma of the incident that she went through. Mm-hmm. Mahota, your top stories my, for the week? My top story for the week was uh, on the 7th when the Parliament uh, Committee shut the doors on journalists and put up the bouncers to cut them. That was my big story because media freedom is compromised and the cons- we have also to look at the constitution and the rules of parliament. Because now we have this uh, investigation unit that were coming to put up their the, the report and then the, the journalists were excluded. That is my big story for them. All right, wonderful. Mike, you and in Newland? My second yeah. story yes? is uh, not actually the Omotoso thing that he read, but is the exposure of the way Cheryl Zondo was questioned. And maybe this thing has been happening, but media freedom also was able to expose this thing. So that uh, now what is going to happen is that the rape victims will still be more scared to report and uh, because they'll be scared to be subjected to it. Now that is a threat to the rape rate that is going up Mm. in this country. All right, wonderful. Mike, you in Newlands, a very good morning to you. Oh, greetings, Elvis. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, <clears throat> my, my top stories were certainly the province pulls off a great win against the Bulls. <laughs> what a uh, match. The, what a match indeed. We're very, very exciting. Well done to both teams. Both, both should have won. Uh, Tom Ayani can't find the door. Everybody's showing where it is, but he just doesn't seem to want to find it. Uh, then the uh, SARS <clears throat> interview with that lady when uh, she asked Sakila Kumwendo to protect us from Sakila Kumwendo. I thought that was very sad, the reflection of the quality of SARS staff in some cases. Uh, the VBS looting of the bank continues. Uh, the Financial Mail says Zuma cost the country a trillion under his reign. And then uh, the South Africa goes very quiet on the murder of journalist Koshi, a uh, Saudi Arabian journalist, which I thought was very sad. That would never have happened under Nelson Mandela. He would have mm. spoken up right ahead. And then just my midterm mm. reflection on the budget suggestion, I would suggest that Cyril Ramaphosa immediately announces that EWC will stop 
And uh, if you remember when he announced expropriation without compensation, the RAND plummeted 31 cents that particular day. Now, if he was to stop EWC until uh, it's announced properly, Mm -hmm. then what the plan is, the RAND will strengthen, our petrol price won't go go down, and we will have a much better uh, chance of building our economy until we get devil and straighten devil. Thanks, Elvis. Thank you, Mike. KG, you in Bloemfontein. A very good morning. KG? KG is gone. Well, that's where we got to end it. Just briefly looking ahead, uh, Opa and Mahota, just briefly, what is the top stories that we could look forward to to this week? I think uh, the top story would still be the question of whether or not the Sunday Times should reveal its resource, I mean, its sources or not, which is a narrow way of looking at it. But in my view, it should be a question of how the paper got embroiled in the state capture project and how the newspapers or media should redeem itself. All right, wonderful. Mahota? Well, um, my top story will be, will be looking at um, the, the finance minister. I think we'll be interested in his uh, mini-budget. What is he going to say since he's just stepped onto the shoes of Nene? Mm-hmm. So we want, because now we've had a high petrol hike, everything going up. Mm-hmm. We, we want to see, want to wonderful. hear what he's going to say. I thank you both so much for coming through this morning. It was wonderful reflecting on 1977 and going back in time. That was veteran journalist at the time in 1977, Mahota Molefe, former journalist uh, with The Voice uh, newspaper. She's also a detainee uh, and a chair of the 70s group, as well as Opanguenya, a forum for black journalists, essay, the founding secretary general thereof. And that's where we got to leave it.